0: This message was presented at the DYC 2013 conference, Before Man and Angels, in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.dycweb.org. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you so much, Lord, uh, just for the thrill of being here, for the fascinating and wonderful people that we meet, for the conversations we have, for this rich, rich spiritual blessing. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would make your presence manifest, not just in this presentation, but in all the others, that these sheep may be fed, Lord, and that we may be all drawn closer to you. For me, Lord, I ask that you would anoint my lips, that I may speak the words that you desire, and that your will may be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I say, this is a new perspective, and... It's necessary, if just launching in, those of you who have not been to other sessions would probably be you might get lost, might be disoriented, because be uh, well, because we'd be jumping into the middle of the river. So I'm going to back up just a little bit, cover some material that I've covered in previous sessions, and then we'll get into new material. Um, all about the great controversy. everything that happens on Earth is affected or happens within the context of the great controversy um can anybody think of anything that happens on earth in any sphere economic social natural environmental that is not affected by the great controversy if someone threw something back at me and said the amount of solar radiation that is input into the earth you know the amount of amount of sunlight that we're getting uh, from the sun—I uh, have a hard time responding to that. Yeah, I, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. But everything else that I am aware of, every other natural process, certainly every social and economic process, is, is happens within the context of the Great Controversy and is affected by it. And all of these things have a role in the end times. Um. But most of us aren't aware of the fact that we're in the middle of a pitched battle. When sentries go to sleep in the army, at least way back when, back in the civil war if you went to sleep on duty you were shot, period. You were executed. That was it. Um, And I think it speaks tremendous volumes to the character of our savior that we, this really ragtag pitiful army that he has, can be asleep and yet He loves us, forgives us, and offers us salvation. So this battle is raging around us, um, and we don't see the battle, and we in particular don't see the real-time fulfillment of prophecy, the prophecy that we're seeing right now. And that's what this seminar is looking at, the fulfillment of prophecy and the things that are on the horizon, and the drivers behind that prophecy. Um, We're going to be talking about the effect of sin on the planet, on the physical world, on the natural processes of the world, on our atmospheric system, on our food production system, on our fresh water system. And it sounds like it's an environmental presentation and in a sense it is, but in a real sense it's not. Because our modern society, uh, our industrial processes, our economy, all of these things are built on these natural systems that are in steep decline because of the accumulated effects of sin. And what we see, well I'll get ahead of myself, Uh, I'll I'll take you through that. So we see instability in the physical world, through sin, causes instability in man's society. We see, as we get instability in society, we see increasing conflict, we see increasing disease, we see uh, increasing natural disasters, all of which aligns perfectly with Christ's description of what will happen before He comes. He told us in Matthew 24, 6 through 8. He told us in the parallel chapters in Mark and Luke. In fact, in my next seminar uh, at uh, 3.15, I think, um, I'll be talking about the tremendous detail that he went into and how we were supposed to be watching. So instability in man's society causes conflict, which results in disease and pestilence and famine. This is a self-reinforcing downward spiral. We see more and more and more of it we don't see more and more and more of it here in the United States yet and unfortunately we don't keep a close eye most people in the US don't keep a close eye on the rest of the world but we see this in abundance elsewhere in the world and if you have an interest in looking at this more deeply I covered this uh, to a significant degree in session number two and it's going to be on uh, audio verse within the great controversy we can see original sin we can connect the dots to what's going on in the world now and we can connect the dots to Christ's prophecy all within the context of this enormous amazing battle between Christ and Satan that is that frames everything we do and everything that happens so, um, finally and this is the point I return to time and time again You know, this is the generation that can see prophecy being fulfilled in real time and can chart it and can graph it something no other generation before us has been able to do. We can chart and graph the fulfillment of prophecy and in response to that, we're asleep. Which is astonishing. It's not an excuse by any stretch of the imagination, but Christ said we would be. And he said we needed, to be, we needed to wake up. So we can see what's going on in the world. We don't have an appropriate sense of urgency. We don't have an appropriate allocation of our resources, whether they're financial, whether they're our time, whether it's our reputation that we put online by inviting someone to church. We are not putting ourselves into this battle and don't have the sense of urgency that goes along with it. Matthew 24, 6-8. This is our anchor text. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I take that text apart piece by piece, and it's very interesting, in session 5, and I touch on it heavily in session 4, the session that follows this. Um... Okay, so during creation week, and we're still in the review phase, uh, catching people up, during creation week, systems, you know, things were created, all oh, the elephant, you know, and the giraffe, and the fish, and the birds, but more than that, systems were created, and I went into this heavily in uh, session one. Our atmospheric system, well, of course, our physics and God's natural laws, but our atmospheric system, ocean. Uh, thermal distribution, climate system, freshwater system, food production system, soil and its subsystems. Also, human civilization and health. But these five in the middle that are bookended by physics and human civilization, these five systems, each and every one of them are in steep and accelerating decline. These are the systems God created to sustain life on Earth. And when Satan, when we sinned, Satan gained dominion over the world, and came between creation and Creator. The results of being separated from God is death. And it's not just the animals. It's not just the leaves. It's not just the flowers. Even these astonishing, massive systems that God created are dying because every piece of them is dying. Things are becoming less and less and less stable, and this is the world we live in and the, and the foundation of our economy and our society and it's crumbling away as it crumbles away we get more stress as we get more stress we get more conflict we get more disease not just from mental stress but stress on society people's conditions become more and more and more deteriorated and uh, we see the literal fulfillment of Matthew 24 6 through 8 Um, I did that the thing though on this slide all of this is going on right now in real time and we're not really noticing it here in the US but then we have got resources we've got buffers there are 3.5 billion people who live on two dollars a day or less and who don't, cannot buffer themselves from price increases, cannot buffer themselves from economic predators, cannot buffer themselves from conflict. 3.5 billion, that's 3,500 3.5 billion uh, that are imperiled. And that's just right now. Uh, The rest of us will get our turn. But are we doing everything we can to pray for, because the prayers of a righteous man and woman availeth much, are we doing everything we can to pray for and to witness to these people? Or are we remaining in our North American comfort? So, the logic chain here is Satan is in rebellion, rebellion is sin, sin is separation from God, separation from God is death, and everything on earth that God created is subject to death. Um, in earlier sessions, I went into uh, Spirit of Prophecy and Scripture in great detail. We're just, just giving you a thin foundation here. Um, if you'd like to go into this more deeply, they've asked me to push my book. <laughs> it's in the uh, exhibition hall at the Adventist Book Center display. they got a lot of them. You've all played with a child, child's top, spun it and watched it if you if you manage to do it right which i only do a little bit of the time you know it just spun so perfectly and it's so smooth and it's like it's just drifting and gliding there but you know how it ends you know that after a while it begins to wobble and then it wobbles more and more and more and then it crashes the earth itself the systems that god created has begun to wobble and this frames Not the prophecies in Revelation. I want to be very distinct and clear in this. The prophecies in Revelation where God intervenes and reaches in and pours out the bowls and and is, is a direct intervention in human society and human affairs, that's different. But before the close of probation, where it has to be proven that Satan's system is bunk and results in death it happens not just to humans but to the world itself this is a huge part of the great controversy and until we could begin to see the earth change within the span of one generation until that happened we didn't see this and even if we, even when we did begin to see it it took a long time to connect it to prophecy we're just beginning to do that and this whole concept and my book and everything else is very new okay so what i'm going to do now oh no wait we're still in backup sorry uh the last session i entirely devoted to global food production which seems like well wait food production and scripture and prophecy where are you going with this yeah it's not intuitive um but this is one of the systems that god created soil living soil with, um, okay, we're going to move you. There you go. So, um, living soil, microorganisms, all that other stuff, wow. God created it to be productive, and then he cursed it three times the curse of Adam, so that the earth was not so astonishingly abundant, man would have to work. The curse of Cain, the earth would not yield her strength again food production was de- uh, was suppressed uh, uh, and then the third curse the curse of Noah where the earth as it was created with this mist that came up from the ground at night what sounds very much like a hydroponic system ideal for growing plants that was changed and the earth has just a shadow of what it used to be but even with this shadow that's left we've managed to destroy it we've managed to destroy our soil and turn it into dirt on a global basis with only 50 years of industrial agriculture because when we put on so much fertilizer and we're a little better in the US than the the rest of the world uh, where in the developing world where fertilizer is over applied uh, but when we put on a lot of fertilizer salts accumulate and when we put on pesticides uh, it kills off the microorganisms along with the um, fertilizer and we end up with soil that won't hold water that won't grow plants we're losing 20 million acres of, earth, of uh, soil each year while we're having a growing population. And this soil loss will only increase as we go on. Seven billion people. And the only reason we've got seven billion people is because right in here, we had the industrial revolution that allowed us to uh, transport food and process food and then here, starting right here, we had, and you can see what, see what happened, we had industrial agriculture which gave us a lot of cheap food. When you have a lot of easily obtainable food, you have a lot, a lot of whatever's eating it. True with rabbits, true with birds, absolutely true with humans, got this tremendous population. And right here in 2002 uh, was our pretty much our all-time cheapest ever food. We pretty much, that was, that was the height of the agricultural, uh, industrial agriculture. This price chart, which is the FAO index, FAO, Food and Agriculture Organization, part of the uh, United Nations, um, can also be used as a price chart for oil. Because we use so much oil in producing food. Six calories of oil for every one calorie of food that goes on our plate. So we got in 2008 this huge food price spike and a second spike here, a third spike here, and you guys didn't notice. And there's no reason why you should notice. Because when you buy a box of cornflakes, you buy a handful of corn and a handful of sugar, I hope you don't buy cornflakes, and you're paying four dollars for that. You're paying four dollars for almost no food, you're paying for that box, you're paying for luxury housing, for Tony the Tiger, you're paying for all this other stuff, processing, manufacturing, advertising. People who actually buy a handful of food and who are only making a couple bucks a day or less, or less than a dollar a day for a billion people, when their price of food doubles, they go from two handfuls of food to one handful of food. And all over the world, there are billions, with a B, billions of people who the last five years have had to make extraordinary changes in their life and don't have any flexibility left. The kids have been taken out of school because they can't afford the uniforms. They walk to work instead of the four-mile bus ride. Sneakers every 18 months instead of every 12 months, so they're falling apart. They don't, they're, they're eating cheaper and cheaper food that's less and less healthy. They don't go to the doctor. This is happening right now all over the world with billions of people while we watch, not just that though, this comes from the uh, an organization out of Boston, which is a cooperation between Harvard and MIT. Really smart people working on this, the uh, New England uh, Center for the uh, New England Complex Studies Institute (Nexi, N.E.C.S.I.). This is the first food price spike. This is the second. This is the third. The red lines up and down are conflicts, rebellions, wars, governments overthrown. We've got one over here. Other than that, they happened when food prices went really, really high. When we got this spike. Uh, and And the trend... Let's see if I've... Yes. This is the trend that Nexi says we're on. If nothing else sobers you the fact that our food production capacity is decreasing and our food price is expected to dramatically increase as we go forward and that this causes war rumors of war famine and disease as a direct result that should sober you because that's it's happening now and that's what Christ said was coming going back here the entire Arab Spring was not caused by food price spikes, was caused by despotic governments, but it was triggered by food price spikes. You can tell this is an old chart because that 900 by Syria, that's the number of deaths, and that's now over Um, 100,000. I've got an extensive description of what went on with Syria and how it's related to drought, which is related to a changing earth, which is related to sin. And if you want to hear that, you can go to Audioverse for the previous presentation. I won't take your time with that now because we've got other things to go on to. But uh, I disagree with the people at Nexie. I don't think this is the line we're on. And so I have rather clumsily drawn in my own line. But it's not much comfort. That's still an exponential increase. And the future looks extraordinarily grim. For people that Christ died for, that we are supposed to be witnessing to, and whose lives are getting more desperate and they're getting more hungry and they're getting sicker and they're dying. Are we asleep or are we not? That completes the catch-up and now I'm going to talk about other systems that are part other natural systems I'll be talking about man's systems later uh, session number five but talk about other systems that are failing that are affected by sin. And I want to start with fresh water. Um, What we've done is, and and this is... I traveled extensively... I worked in China for three years and traveled extensively, and this is easy to see in China, where they cut down forests the size of a state in the U.S. and turned it all into agriculture. But what we've done is we've taken these things that God created as his backup plan because it's not how the earth was originally created but his backup plan was to have it so that our forests our grasslands absorbed rain on an irregular basis you know rain doesn't come for 2 hours every day not where most of us live anyway it comes it'll come light it'll come heavy it'll come boom there'll be weeks in between sometimes months rain comes irregularly and healthy grasslands and healthy forests discharge rain regularly That's how they work. But we can make a little bit of money by taking these systems apart, not being aware of their long-term value. In China uh, I was asked by the government to go out to a province. I was the director of ADRA in China um, back, back in the day and the the government asked me to go look at a project and help some farmers and I didn't really want to but it was the government asking so off I went and I got out there and I went I was out in this province back and beyond and there was this vast area where they had a farmers cooperative really large area um, size of a New England state and the farmers said can you help us with water pumps I said well what do you mean help you with water pumps and so they explained the province had been forested and they cut down the forest because they needed to grow food because the nation needed to be fed and because the Chinese government is extremely aware that if people aren't relatively fat and happy that uh, there will be problems there will be people rising up their life for the government officials will be much more difficult they really don't want that so they cut down all these forests and they turned it into agriculture and they planted it and they they irrigated they put down these wells and they put in these pumps and they irrigated and things were fantastic. I mean this the soil was just being real productive they put the fertilizer on boom really great. Then after a few years the yield kind of tailed off the soil was beginning to get tired uh, they were over fertilizing but their biggest problem was that they after a few years ran out of money uh, run out of water sorry and they needed to put their wells deeper and they needed to put more fertilizer on the land and so they dug new wells, and that was okay for a few years, and then they dug new wells, and that was okay for a few years, and they dug new wells. By the time they got to me, their wells were 600 meters deep, 1,900 feet. And they needed pumps the size of locomotive engines to get that water out. And they, and they said, you know, we never had this problem when the forests were here, but the forests are gone, and, and, and the water's going away, and I like, well, yeah. But um, I asked them, what are you going to do? when the water's gone. You know, I mean, I don't see any option for you. And they said, "We we're just go to the city and get a job. Just work in a factory like everyone else. Uh, China and its resource problems are fascinating. I cover those in session number five. But it's not just the man's changing the surface of the earth, and we've done that a lot. It's also our aquifers these underground lakes that have been there since the flood or have been there, the uh, uh, water seeped in over thousands of years, regardless of, how, regardless of how it got there in each individual case, we're pumping them dry. The flood, as far as I know, we're not scheduled to have another global flood. I think there was a promise regarding that. And, and for those that didn't come from the flood, it takes thousands of years to recharge and we're pumping them dry, some of them in less than 40 years where millions of people rely on them. And uh, this is really bad in India, New Delhi, Mumbai. Um you've got tens of millions of people in megacities and their water runs out in less than 10 years with no foreseeable option. So, this is a problem, but it's not just a problem in other areas where other people live that we can ignore. Oh, oops. Uh okay. I'm sorry, I got my slides out of order. <laughs> two out of three people on Earth face water shortages by 2025. Two out of three. Seven seven billion. Two out of three. 20, by 2025, that'll be eight billion. Uh, two out of three, that's a lot. Uh, there's over 600 chi- cities in China that are, have populations of over a million that are in severe water shortage. Water, water's being rationed all over China right now. Huge problems there and water is the source of conflict if you don't have enough it's either the source of conflict or it's really exacerbated by conflict and unfortunately water problems hit people that are desperate to begin with unfortunately people Christ died for so as I was saying it's not just other countries where those other people live this is the Ogallala Aquifer it underlies parts of eight states most of Nebraska I think it's under Union College or close to it everything on top of this aquifer relies on this aquifer for their water it's not like there's a bunch of really big rivers that run through here and there's a lot of other sources if you are underneath this if you're over this aquifer you have this aquifer underneath you this is what you get your water from all the industry all the agriculture all of the livestock production the schools the houses everything this aquifer has about 18 years left and then it's gone. It's already drying at the edges. This is part of the grain belt and feeds the rest of the world. This is a significant amount of global, global food production right here. If, however, that's not the timeline it'll necessarily stick on, because if we get droughts, as we had last year in the United States, then maybe we have 12 years left. And it's just one of dozens and dozens of major, major aquifers. This is the Ogallala. But as you can see, all over the U.S. I mean, we, here, uh, Mississippi and, and Arkansas, the Central Valley in California, the vegetable basket of American produce, uh, is and northern, uh, southern Arizona, where we get a lot of our winter produce, We're running out of water very rapidly there. In the Central Valley, however, the problem is bigger because of the buildup of salts from overuse of fertilizer and pesticides, we're getting nitrites um, uh, reaching critically high levels in the water so that people, especially children and, and pregnant women, should not be drinking that water and the plants are getting to the point where soon they'll be spitting it out. So whether we use all this water or whether it's just toxically polluted and we can't use it is a toss up. But it is, um, those days are coming very, very soon where here, even here in the United States we're being pressed. Um, part of the work that I did in China was environmental remediation for ADRA. It sounds strange, but the government wouldn't let us in, they wouldn't let ADRA in, they didn't want us. and and yet they had these huge environmental problems and through the influence of the Lord I was led to I was led in my reading and led in my studying and and I came up with a plan for one of the government high government agencies in China and I said look here are four projects um, that will clean up the parts of the environment and will make money and will help poor people because that's what we do and they'll do all three at the same time. And you can't make more money by not helping the poor people. You, you, know, you can't pervert these systems. They, they were very hard to design, but we did it. The Lord did it. And the Chinese government uh, called me up a couple weeks later, the agency I was working with. Someone very high in the agency called up and said, okay, we want to partner with you. You can come into China and we will pay half of your project costs. Can we start now? Um, the rest of the story, because we had no money, the rest of the story is a miracle, and it's a fantastic and amazing miracle, and I don't have time to tell you about it. But the Lord works amazingly. He, uh, he um, I'll tell you, in one minute or less, He put on my desk a bag of 3,000 of the rarest coins in the history of Hong Kong that, without my knowing it, I was just I almost sent them to the bank and got rid of them were worth more than eleven hundred dollars each uh, when they but that's because there were only a couple hundred known to exist and when this news of this bag got out the market crashed but we still got the money we needed to put the projects forward the Lord worked amazing miracles okay so in China if you are poor and there are hundreds of millions who are this is what you're cooking with this is what your children bathe with this is what you bathe your baby with toxically polluted water. And we really don't understand here in North America how it is in the rest of the world and how close people are to the line. Um, when there was this thing called the Green Revolution in the 1960s, and there was this huge push because they could see that we weren't going to have enough food for the 3.5 billion people we had, there was this huge push. To develop new strains of plants and to use fertilizer everywhere. We basically sowed the seeds of our destruction. These new strains of plants, yes, they produced two or three times as much, but they used three times as much water. And now, water is intensively uh, used in agriculture. We have to have to have it. And what we've done to the soil makes it so it doesn't retain water. When it comes to water, we're in this huge, huge problem, and it's chipping away at our weak societies around the world. And the weak societies is what the strong societies are built on. That's our system. Lake Chad in 50 years? Gone. 1963 2001. 1963 there were 25 million people that lived around that lake in these four countries. There are far less now and every one of these countries around the lake where these people have had to disperse where the economies have fallen apart, where there's been significant increases in disease and significant decreases in food production. All around, there has been destabilization, especially in Chad. This is the RLC, and it's a much shorter timeline. Uh, uh, 1989 to 2009, 20 years gone. And the RLC was not named a C for no reason. No, it's not like they had water skiing boats on that body of water this is what's going on and the water that you cannot possibly see no longer sustains the city that's right behind this photographer it's happening all over the world the effects of sin don't just affect man and make us do bad things the effects of sin within the context of the great controversy show what happens when Satan takes over to the earth itself and yet so many people are so busy chasing wealth or chasing status or chasing a new suit or new sneakers in the case of my son but anyway not to criticize my son but we are so distracted by such little things we really are okay Conflict, bringing it closer to directly bearing on Scripture. It's not just enough that people are suffering. We know that is going to happen. Uh, The poor you will have with you always, but it's conflict. And when you look at India, and when you look at China, and when you look at Central Africa, Central Africa also has tremendous food stress. Central Africa is already blowing up, and I'm predicting will continue to blow up in 2014. And this brings us to a sobering point. This generation can not only chart and graph the fulfillment of prophecy, it can see ahead to the immediate future just by looking at the trends. No other generation has had that benefit. No other generation has been able to see so much and no other generation has been so sleepy. Okay, this is kind of a joke, except that it's not. 2030 to 2039. This is put together by the National Center for Atmospheric Research here in the United States. They are very serious people. Take a look at Australia. Now first of all, down here, if you get into the violet, that's really, really, really bad. But anything below green is really bad. Now you can take a look at the Middle East. It's in violet. I'll be talking about the Middle East a bit. Here in Australia, part of it is violet, most of it's red and orange. If you take a look at Australia in 2030 to 2039, given long-term global climate trends, it is expected to be in a much worse state than the U.S. ever was during the Dust Bowl. Now look at the U.S. this would be a joke because no data is credible going out this far except for the fact that since they developed these maps every year we march closer and closer and closer to this reality and if it's not somehow changed we're seeing astonishing devastation you're talking about all of Mexico being uninhabitable you're talking about the United States being uninhabitable all you have left is Maine, where I live. And don't you all dare come see me. But that's what will happen. You're talking about uh, Brazil losing its productive capacity. Brazil and Argentina are grains for, for, for a large part of the earth and our fresh fruit during the winter. You're talking about China being no longer productive. Here in the Middle East Israel is, not taking, is taking this extremely seriously. Israel, uh, how many of you have heard of Lake Gennesaret? No? One? How many of you have heard of the Sea of Galilee? Okay, same place, different names. It's called Lake Gennesaret in the in current uh, uh, local... local uh, anyway, it's called Lake Gennesaret when you're there. Lake Gennesaret is the water source for Israel, and long ago they put in these, these huge pumps, they put these big pipes deep in the lake, and they've taken out a lot of water but you know they they water will come in water will come out the lake has fallen so much that it's less than eight inches above these pipes that used to be deep into the lake Israel has launched on a crash program to put uh, uh, desalination plants in by the ocean so they're using huge amounts of electricity and huge amounts of oil to take the salt out of salt water or more accurately to take the water out of salt water. Um, these are extremely expensive and Israel has come out and they have announced IWA, the Israel Water Association, or agency, Israel Water Agency has basically announced, look, as far as we can tell the Middle East is going to be on long-term drought. They have validated this map and are putting billions of dollars into crash building these these desalination plants they didn't do it because of this map but their actions and their announcements validate the map they can't do that in syria they can't do that in lebanon they can't do that in egypt they can't do that in libya look at all those people without those resources and probably the chance of war will go down because israel has water and no one else has water right okay that was irony those of you who see it escaped. But this is truly serious. If we didn't have any other problems, and I know that you know, you're coming in on the third session and you'll go to another session, great, that's what you're supposed to You'll go to some other session, that's what you're supposed to do. So I know you're just getting a window here among my six sessions. But there is a convergence of events. Our, as the systems of the earth decay as a result of sin, things of this magnitude are going on all around us and it is absolutely astonishing, and this is the reality that we live in. So, when we get water failure, water system failure impacts. So we get massive human migration. Last year, 50 million people had to migrate because of water problems. 50 million. You know, in northern New England, we're about five million um, in, in in our conference, and. I just can't even think of 50 million. That's 10 times the population of our conference. Man, that's California. California has to move. Uh, And that's just the start. International resource wars dramatically increase in likelihood. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nations, when there's resource shortages, the diplomats go home and the gloves go on. That's how nations work. And the fighting starts. Disease is already increasing. We're already seeing a lot more uh, disease as we see water scarcity. These things go together. You'll see increases in pestilence. Flooding and soil erosion, they're already increasing. That doesn't make sense, does it? Well, actually it does, because when you get drought and then you get heavy rain, think Colorado early, la- early, early last year, um, then that dry earth, or dry dirt, really, if it's been agricultural soil, just washes away. It can't can't take that that increase in moisture, it can't take it so fast, it just goes away. Water will continue to be commoditized and sold. Some of the smartest people on Wall Street for the last 20 years have been working to control commodities. There are aquifers all over the world, or, or areas all over the world, where a large company, an international company, I didn't say Pepsi and I didn't say Nestle, but you know, hey, but these large companies will go in. they'll drill large wells they'll bottle the water and all of a sudden the village four miles away they don't have any more water because the water table dropped but that great company is there to sell them water if the rich of the people if if the rich of the world could they would put their hands over the mouths of the poor and charge them for each breath that's that's the guy in me talking but that's the reality that's the that's what happens in a sinful world that's the great controversy right there and the poor are suffering and dying and it's going to increase dramatically and there's almost nothing we can do about it except we can reach them with the gospel adra can do a little and we really should support adra but really before people die and while while they're not in extremis is a latin term but while they're not in just a horrible situation where they can't even listen to the gospel message presented are we reaching them now while we can because it's going to be more and more difficult to reach them climate changing i realize that this is a very political thing this is not a political presentation i try very hard to not be political um, there's lots of heat and no light at all when it comes to politics but here you see two buildings in Alaska that are leaning against each other like a couple drunks Uh, in Alaska the people there really know because of the um, the uh, permafrost that's melting they really know that they're getting their climate changing Uh, the problem with climate change is that our societies are built on assumptions here was a good place to put the farm here was a good place to put the road here is a you know good place to put the schools but when things change, we can no longer make those assumptions. And all over the world, societies, including societies that have nowhere near our wealth, are being stressed and are having to to come up with resources again and again and again to meet the uh, typhoon in the Philippines, to meet the typhoon in India, to meet earthquakes, to beat tsunamis. There has been a tripling of natural disasters in the last 30 years. And Ellen White said that one of the key things that would usher in the Sunday law was a dramatic increase in natural disasters that would lead people to say, we're cursed of God, we have to return to Him, we need to to have a day of worship. That is the chain, and this generation is watching disasters increase off the chart, and we're watching it from our easy chair with our feet up. So warming seas equals larger storms, again, result of sin. Climate change, the problem with climate change is it hastens the decline of every other system. All of God's systems are interlinked. In my first presentation, I compared them to a magnificent watch where all of the gears intermesh. And these it's just a downward spiral. But we get food production failure with climate change. We get freshwater failure, oceanic system decline, human disease, tensions, conflicts. The Center for Naval Analysis um, put out a report. You've never heard of them, and you're not supposed to. You're not uh, a government agency. They don't advertise, they don't try and be known by you. You're not their customer. Your government is, but the Center for Naval Analysis, very well-known organization, very serious organization, put out a report, it's on the web. They put it out for public consumption in 2012, saying here is what the the impact of climate change will be on uh, global stability and we're going to see wars all over the world and other impacts. You can find it on the web. CNA Climate Report. You'll find it. Florida and the UK have, parts of the UK, but all of Florida have been declared uninsurable by the Geneva Association. That's a group of insurance that's an insurance industry body. Um, The UK they took action, they put a tax on mortgage holders and they said well okay we're gonna put a pot of money together in Florida, where we are right now, nothing. But what would happen? I'm, I'm a mortgage holder. I'm required by my bank to have insurance. What happens if we say Florida doesn't get any more insurance? It would topple the US housing market, certainly topple the Florida market. And it's a problem that we are completely ignoring. So, anyway, climate system, uh, we see increased pestilence. Increased disease, increased flooding, increased drought, increased storms, increased migration, etc., etc., etc. We see just from this one small impact, just from this one system, we see the fulfillment of prophecy, and it's happening now. How many of you like the ocean? I I love the ocean. Whoops! I love the ocean. Grew up in Southern California, body surfing and all that stuff. If you love the ocean, go see it now because it's dying. Scientists have called this the mycocene era. Mycocene means the age of slime, that we're entering right now, where very soon they expect nothing but fungus and uh, some invertebrates will be able to survive in the ocean. The ocean is huge. I used to work in Mongolia and China. I would take off from LAX. 14 hours later, I would land in Beijing. 13 hours later, something like a long time. And all that time I was over the Pacific Ocean. That's just one ocean and all that time I was going more than 500 miles an hour. It's huge. But even though it's so big, we've polluted it and overfished it on a global scale. Uh, This is global fisheries data, and it shows that in the next, well, these are the commercial species, okay? And we have collapsed, um, at this point in time, about 40% of the commercial species in the world. The rest are under enormous pressure. Uh, This study is being updated and changed and it looks like our ocean fisheries will collapse right about here. This curve is getting steeper, not shallower. And that matters because there's one billion people whose primary source of food is the ocean. Right now people whose ancestors caught fish this big are eating fish this big, the babies, and no fish is their next step, meaning that 1 billion people over the next uh, 20 years, 15 years really, are going to have to transition to land-based food where we already have a crisis. Thing after thing after thing on the same timeline is converging in the fulfillment of prophecy because of the effect on society that these things are happening and when we have pressure on society we go to conflict it's what sinful humans do this is carbon dioxide in the atmosphere steadily rising um and actually this uh, it's farther it's higher than that now it's just over 400 now this is the acidity level of the ocean because it absorbs most of the carbon dioxide and turns it to carb- carbonic carbolic turns it to acid I'm not a chemist hey but um, what's happening is some of the small crustaceans that animals feed on, especially whales Oh, I love whales, Uh, krill go through a larval stage where they're just about as big as a mustard seed and their shells are melting. Five more years krill won't be able to survive, give or take. When that happens there's whole species of whales that don't have any other source. So our oceans are absolutely falling apart something that big something that astonishing our sea levels are rising and they're past the tipping point in every audience with every problem i present there's some good soul who has an engineering mindset who's saying okay food production all right we turn the state of arizona into one big greenhouse and we do hydroponics, and we do desalination and we we just Flood the whole state, and we just truckload after truckload of tomatoes. Well, okay, where are you going to get your phosphorus? But uh, if you look carefully at what they're talking about, um, the tomatoes would be about six bucks each, which doesn't help anybody in Bangladesh. But there's nothing we can do, nothing we can do that is a realistic solution. Because for people who want to fix this, let me ask you, What is your proposal to reverse the effects of sin? Full stop. So, more than a billion people are increasingly forced to switch to land-based food supplies, which are impossibly pressured right now without that billion. People in coastal and low-lying areas subjected to greater and greater storms and flooding, forced migration estimated at 500 million people globally. Coastal economies weaken, and seas will become more and more hazardous to navigate nations looking in perplexity at the roaring of the seas luke looking at the atmosphere this is the twin of the ocean and we don't have good data i mean we have really good data on oceans but we don't have good data on our atmosphere we've had we've had ships and before that boats you know sitting on the ocean and taking measurements and having experience and, and we have historical data and letters from sailors and we we know approximately what the seas were like at least in terms of their super abundant life 400 years ago we know that they were astonishing we just don't have those measurements for the atmosphere and yet it's the twin of the oceans in creation week the waters above were separated from the waters below on the same day God created them as twins because they are constantly interchanging back and forth if things are so bad with the ocean things are probably as bad with the atmosphere. Now it's going to be cold here tomorrow, not nearly as cold it is as my home in Maine. At my home in Maine it's going to be 21 degrees below zero, they say, at the coldest at in the middle of the night. It's going to be really cold. And what does that have to do with changes in the ocean? What does that have to do with changes in the atmosphere? Well there's something called the polar vortex. And it's this wind that circles around the North Pole and basically creates a bowl in which super cold air is held over the North Pole and over the polar regions. But when we get a loss of snow and ice in the, north, in the northern regions and we get more heat absorbed, that bowl begins to break down and then in the winter this super cold air spills out of that bowl and makes, it way, makes its way all the way down to Florida and gives dramatic in, uh, winters to the northeast and to the northern Asian regions we're seeing like a domino effect system after system after system you'll be hearing about the cold in the news for the next couple days so we can't fix it um... and all of this remember is because of sin you'll hear the world talk about politics you'll hear the word talk world you know and and argue back and forth climate change no climate change They're arguing about that. They're not really arguing about the ocean or food production or these other things. They're they're arguing about this thing here uh, and let them argue. But you're not gonna hear the world talking about sin. And you're not gonna hear the world talking about how increasingly the conditions in the world reflect what Christ said they would be right before he came. We're also told that when when, uh, probation is closed, will wish we had done so much more. We will lament our inaction. It is because of man's sin that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together. In my next seminar, actually not my next, in my fifth seminar, this is three, next is four, so tomorrow sometime, I'll be covering our global complex society. And this is one more converging thing. Every complex society that has ever existed has collapsed and every complex society that has ever existed has gone to war before it has collapsed, in so far as we know. A lot of societies we don't have record on. And in so far as we know because we don't know what happened before the flood. But I'm going to be talking about global, global complex society where we are on a horrible path, even if we didn't have all of these other pressures. And then in seminar six, I'll be talking about what we should be doing right now. Uh, Some of which are fairly obvious. This might not be the right crowd to preach to on that. But, um, in my next seminar, I'm going to be talking about Christ's charge, which was astonishingly emphatic and which he repeated time and time again that we're supposed to watch. And what that means, and it will be a sermon on Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. And on Mark 13 and on Luke 21, that you almost certainly, I'm actually, that I'm certain you haven't heard before. If you care to either come or listen to it on audio verse. So, this is the generation that, if we open our eyes, can see the result of sin, can see the fulfillment of prophecy, can chart it, can graph it, can see it coming. This is the generation that has more responsibility and more information than any other generation before it. Are there any questions? I didn't put you to sleep, did I? Thank you for coming. If you do have any questions, I'll be glad to speak with you in person. And may God bless you. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.